Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Marcus and Melina De La Cruz. We hope that you'll be blessed by today's message. Praise God. Really here? You know, you can run in the park. You can have a Holy Ghost service anywhere you please. I mean, you've got folks now there. They're bold to do whatever they want. You know, they, they run around naked in the parks nowadays. They out there smoking their, smoking their pot, but not us. Well, we're just going to run in the Holy Ghost, run in the Spirit. Let them know that Jesus is still alive. Let them know that Jesus is still, is still healing. He's still a healing God. He's still a miracle working God. Don't we believe that he's still a healing God? He's still a miracle God. How many know you serve a God that does miracles to this day? He, he didn't just stop doing miracles in the days gone by. You know, God used to work miracles back in the 1950s and 40s. And, you know, and then God just stopped working miracles. We don't know why. No, God still, how many know God still works miracles? He still heals he still delivers people are trying to get delivered you know that people go to these these rehab there's nothing wrong with going to rehab i believe if you need to go to rehab you need to get counseling get help do that but you know what in the end of the and at the end grand big grand scheme of things there's nothing that'll ever set you free unless you get to know jesus yourself amen so that's all free i don't know i just feel kind of just let it just gonna we're gonna go down there and just Say what we need to say and do what we need to do. Cast out a few devils. Get some people set free. <laughs> right. Parks are great places to cast out devils. Don't, I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> cast out devils. Get people set free. I remember back in the day when we were young and born again, we'd walk around the parks asking people if they knew, they knew Jesus. You'd be surprised at how many people don't know Jesus. Yeah. How many people are on the verge? Yeah. Lots of folks are on the verge. Well, you know, a lot of people come to the parks because, you know, they got no place to go. They've got no, you know, they, they've got no friendships. They've got no relationships. And so there's a lot of people, they'll just wander around because they're hurting. Yeah. They'll, they'll go around pushing their carts around. Yeah. Yeah. Loaded up full of junk they don't even need. You ever wonder, why, what are they doing with all that junk that they don't need? And yet, there's the church, even though we don't push carts with junk in it, of things they don't, we don't, they don't, we don't need. On the inside, we're full of junk of things that we don't need. And God is wanting to, wanting us to unload some of that junk that weighs us down. Amen. Come on, that's why we come to church so we can get unloaded. Just, just let it all go. There's this, I think there's a song somewhere. It's called "Let It Go." <laughs> I don't know about how, about you, man, but if some of you men probably think that song all the time when your wife is talking, you just let it go, sister, let it go. <laughs> Amen. Let's open our Bibles to the book of James. We're going to get in the Word this morning. We just thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you for your Word. We thank you, Father, as we get in your Word that freedom comes as a result of us spending time in your Word. Yes. Amen. We thank you, Father, that we are seated with you in the heavenly places. To be seated with Him in the heavenly places. Amen. Amen. How many of you know that you're seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus? How many of you know that that seat isn't just a, just in just a regular seat? It's one that God put a, set aside for his church. And, and, and how many of you know if you're, you're part, if you're born again, you're a part of the body of Christ? Well, I don't feel like I'm a part of the body. Well, the reason why you don't feel like it is because you, we're not, sometimes we don't unload those things that are on the inside of us. And we fill up with all our, our hurts or problems or our shortcomings 
a lot of it's our shortcomings. You know, I can't do this. I'm not. A, maybe we, we look at ourselves at what we're able to do or what we're not able to do. Yeah. And, and because we look so much at what we have and what we don't have, our qualifications, we tend to remove ourselves from what God is wanting to do in our lives. Yeah. But how many know God wants to do great things in your life? Despite your inadequacies, despite your frailties, despite of who you are and what you think you are. Because yeah. if you were to hire yourself on the job today, would you hire you? <laughs> Some of you said, no, pastor, I wouldn't even hire me. <laughs> right? You just, I hope someone hires me. I hope somebody. But see, there's someone who's already chosen you. There's already someone who set you apart. Someone who's already qualified you, qualified you, you where you're at right now. He didn't look at you and say, you know, you're not qualified enough to be you. No, he made you the, he made you and he qualified you for your path, your duty, the thing that he set you apart for. See, that's why you and I can be seated with Christ. You know, there's all these, if you look at a physical body, all these, all the, the pinky can't be the eyeball. The big toe cannot be the thumb, yeah. right? Yeah. And yet, if any of those parts are wounded, missing, yeah. or hurt, yes. Yes. or frail, yes. the body feels it. Yes. Yeah. That's why it's so important that we take our place in Christ Jesus. I'm not talking about you taking the place of your inadequacies, yeah. your shortcomings of how you think about yourself. I'm talking about you taking the place of how Christ sees you. And see, sometimes we just need to renew our mind. And the reason why things aren't changing is because we ain't changing the way we think. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. And see, God wants you to change, but he doesn't want you to think the same. You know, when they hire folks sometimes, sometimes they don't want to hire the most qualified. They want to hire the person that does, that admittedly will say, you know, I've never done that job, but I'm a good learner. I pick up quickly. I adapt fast. See, when you get born again, the first thought goes, no, I'm going to be a quick learner. Quick learner. Yes. I'm going to adapt fast. Yes. I'm going to start living, right, living life the way. If I know there's a certain way to live, I'm going to try my best to start making movement and living that way. Yes, Why? Because I'm part of a body now. Yes. I'm part of a team. Yes. It's not just me by myself, in my, alone in my house, my apartment, in my car. It's me joined with a body. Joined with Christ. You are joined with the body. You are joined with Christ. That's why you can experience miracles. That's why you can experience God's best, because you are no longer by yourself. Hallelujah. And see, there's a, uh, there's a dying world out there that it doesn't know Christ. It doesn't know Jesus. It doesn't know about having, having an opportunity to change the way it thinks. It feels trapped. It feels like um, this is the way God made me. Uh-huh. When really the world is under a curse. Yeah. It's, it's not plugged into God. Right. Remember I told you either you're plugged in or you're not plugged in. Yeah. Either what's, what's, what's your subscription? Are you subscribed to YouTube, television, or are you subscribed to the Lord? Right. Yeah. Are you subscribed to the Lord's vision? Yeah. Because either way, you're paying for a subscription. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, you're paying for it. Some people think, well, I'm not paying for no, no. If you if you live for the world, you are subscribed to the world's tactics, the world's world's shortcomings. Yeah. You know, as it as the stomach turns or the yeah. the young and the very restless. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Because you don't have to live like the world. You don't have to live like your life is full of soap opera, full of drama. You don't have to live like that. You just have to start thinking right. And when you start to think right, your, 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 your life will start to take shape in a direction that it should take. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12. This is a scripture that we need to see this morning. You know, there's a lot of scriptures, but I just felt a sense that we need to review this scripture. I know many of you know it, but not everybody around you knows it. And just because you know a scripture and just because you read a scripture doesn't mean it's in you. Because a lot of us need to get the word in you. So allow this word to get in you. Why do I need this word in me, Pastor? Because if you don't change the way you think, you'll continually, you'll like, like a, kind of remind, reminds me of the story about a moth who walks in to see a doctor who happens to be a podiatrist. The, podi- the moth says to the, the moth says to the doctor, says, hey, you know, I, I don't know why I'm, he sees a podiatrist, he's starting to complain, goes, yeah, I'm having a tough life. My life is going really hard. I just don't feel like I'm, I'm going to make it. You know, I, I lay in bed and I look at my wife and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're both getting older and I don't know what we're doing. And my kids, my son, they're just going. And so he's just going on for hours and he goes, I just don't know. I don't know how I'm going to contain it. I just don't know how I'm going to bear any much longer. I just feel like I just, I just need to go, like I want to die. And then the, the, podi- the podiatrist says, man, you sound like you need a psychologist. Why'd you come in here? The moth says, oh, because I saw the light was on. So some slow that'll catch on to that. See, there's a world that needs change. And if you're not going to the right place for change, your life will continue to be the same. Just because there's a light on, just because there seems like there's something there, doesn't necessarily mean things are there. Our connection is with the Lord. You hear what I'm saying? So if our our hearts need to be collected to the Lord, then we need to come and get our answers. And over here in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, actually let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. You know what? Let's go to verse 1 because I think it's important to start at 1 because Paul says it so boldly. He says, I beseech you. In other words, come on, my church. Please, I'm telling you, yeah. brethren, by the mercies of God, he says, I, I'm begging you, by the mercy of God on your life, yeah. that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. What does it mean to be a living sacrifice? It means to live a life where you're not always feeding your flesh. Yeah. To live a life where you're no, when you're no longer living according to the fruitlessness of the world. The world is selfish. The world only does what it wants to do. The world is competitive. The world world wants to take what you've made and spend it on its own lust. The the world doesn't care about you and I. In fact, to you and I, the world, we look foolish. But when you're in Jesus and you're in Christ, you are wise. But we live a lives that are presented a living sacrifice. In other words, I'm not just doing what I want to do. I set the rails and the guards of my own life. That's right. Come on. I know where to go to get my answers. Yeah. 
I know that I know to go see. I know I know I got to connect to God. I know that every morning when I get up, I need to have a relationship with Jesus. I need to lift up my hands. I need to praise. I need to pray. I need to worship him because the world ain't doing it. We're doing it. Why? Because we recognize as a living sacrifice that that connection is necessary in order to function with an unction that's already on the inside of you and I. So we're a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is what? Reasonable. It's reasonable to live for God. It's a reasonable, it's reasonable service to have a life who, who, that has its guardrails. It doesn't have to pray whether or not it's going to steal. It doesn't have to pray whether or not it should have an adulterous affair. It doesn't have to pray about doing things that are right or wrong. It, do, it's, it doesn't have to. Why? Because it's already sacrificially set out. I'm, these, are the, these are the ways that I've chosen to live. That's right. Live a holy life. That's right. I've chosen to live a holy life. Yeah. I've chosen to live a life in such a way that just causes the blessing of the Lord to flow in my life. Yeah. And more importantly, I give no place. More importantly, I give no place to the devil in my home. Too many folks inadvertently are are unaware that they let the devil in. How do you say, Pastor, how do I let the devil in my home? When I start getting into strife. When you start getting into strife, then you start thinking wrong about each other. And then you become suspicious of one another's motives. And see, that's how the devil likes to work, folks. See, that's, that's how we like to work Adam and Eve. Is, is, did God mean what he said? Yeah. Create doubt between you and the Father. That's, that's how the devil works, folks. Yeah, that's right. And see, you can't, unless you know the guardrails of a sacrificial life of what to listen and what not to listen to, you'll continually listen to the wrong voice. Right? right. right? But we, we're not listening to the wrong voices. No. And then he says this, he says, it's a reasonable service in you are to put those guardrails and says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Amen. It's a perfect will of God. Amen. Right. Because we're, we're, we're not conformed. Let's open our Bibles to the book of James. And as people who are, James chapter one, and as people who are not conformed, to this world, how many of you know that and, and, and within the guarding and the framework of our mind, if we're not being conformed to this world, but, be, but, we are to be re, but we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. In other words, the world will try to conform you, press you, shape you into its ways of thinking, try to think like it, act like it, respond like it, move like it, move with like it, get in fear, bury yourself in the house, don't leave, stay there be in prison, don't, don't have relationships because the world wants to divide and conquer you. It does. It wants to divide and conquer. It wants to, it wants to subjugate you. Amen. And over here in, and and the reason why is because he wants to create doubt and a double mindedness in the inside of you. Amen. And over here in James chapter one, Let's start in verse two. It says, but brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That's not how the world looks at it. Doesn't tell you if you're if you're, as a believer, believe in the Lord for for great miracles. The Lord, the 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 the, the thing that the world is going to do is trying to keep you from having joy. Yeah. 
strip you of your joy. I I mean, you think about the way the world responded to this this Rona thing. How how everything just went sideways and then you find out later on that there was a lot of things that were not true. Then you realize that, and then you start like, well, why? Then you start to get upset because things weren't true. Well, why are you getting upset because what the world said wasn't true? We already know it wasn't true. Because it's the world. The world will lie to you. Right? But God's word does not lie. It's wor- the word of God does not lie. It says, right. my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Didn't say you weren't going to have trials. Right. Did, the Bible never said you weren't, when you got born again, that you weren't going to have any, any situations in your life. It, everything was going to be hunky-dory, that you were just going to walk, you know, through uh, just flowery beds of ease. And, yeah. you know, all the, all the petals, all the birds are going to be singing, you know. No, it didn't say, you said you're going to have trials, but you're going to be able to get through them. It says count it all joy. Why, do you, why are you able to count it all joy? Because you've got an answer on the inside of you. You have an unction on the inside of you. You have an anointing on the inside of you to get, to push through. The, well, the world is suffering. The world is struggling. You ought to be floating over the test. You shouldn't be flunking every five minutes or feel like you're sinking, like you can't make it. And if you feel like you can't make it, then we got a question. Where am I spiritually? Am I, did I connect the way I should? I'm not saying that there's not going to be pressure. There's going to be pressure, but there's going to be answers to get you through the pressure. And see, that's the way the devil tries to work people away from miracles. That's why when we do worship, worship is important. Because here's the world putting pressure on you, and the only thing that's going to get you out of the pressure is getting your mind away from that and getting your focus on the Lord. That's why when, when you, back in the day, when Benny Hinn would have his crusades, they would have about three hours of worship. And you'd be like, is that really necessary? <laughs> yes, it is necessary. Yeah. It's necessary for the body of Christ to learn how to worship. Yeah. It's, if you really want healing in your body, it's necessary for the focus on Christ. Yes. And get your focus off of you. Yeah. In other words, I'm worshiping for three hours, just my eyes on him. He's my healer. Yes. I'm not looking at my body. I'm looking to you. I'm worshiping you. Father, you've always taken care of me. Lord, I, I, it's like, like I said, I'm a kid from the 80s. I've seen my rock videos. I, you know, very are creative. Every time I worship, I see Jesus, him at the right hand, him smiling at me, him touching me. I him see him delivering me. I see me getting over situations. Why? Because my eyes and my focus are on the Lord. You do that for three hours, brother, you're going to get a miracle. Now, here's the thing. If you want to keep your miracle, you're going to have to maintain a lifestyle of praise, a lifestyle that's connected to the Father, a lifestyle where you're not believing every thought that you think, but you cast it down to the obedience of Christ. You capture every wrong thought. I think about what uh, what Brother Hagin said some number of years ago. He said there was a man who... who, uh, who had lost his hearing and God supernaturally, his ears had been plugged for years. God, God supernaturally opened his ears and he had friends that, that just all, he goes, I don't know that he, they kept saying, oh, that healing's not going to last forever. Boy. And and they just, the people he hung around with just kept saying, speaking opposite. And then 
the, the poor soul couldn't, before you know, after being, after being healed for two, three months, can you imagine, it's already a miracle that you could, it's already been years you couldn't hear, and it's a miracle that you got your hearing back. But then the ones you love next to you are, are talking doubt and unbelief. They're talking you out of your healing. And then one day he just, and then by word of knowledge, he told, well, the, uh, the brother Hagen said, he told him the reason why he stopped hearing was because he's listening too much on belief. And the man said, yeah, you're right. That's, that's true. So what he did again was, look, I'm going to lay hands on but you can't listen to that way of thinking. Right. So he laid hands on him again and his ears cleared up right away and he could hear again. Yeah. You know, I'm telling you right now, folks, it matters to what you listen to. Because you cannot live a double-minded life and expect God's best to function in your life. That's why he says further, uh, James, uh, the, 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 the Lord's brother, says this. He says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various... Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally, without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not any man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord if he is a what? Double-minded man. Why? Because he's unstable in all his ways. Double mind, double talk. They cannot stay. They cannot keep and maintain the blessing. How are you doing today? Well, you know, I've got this hip issue. You know, it happened years ago. You know, it's amazing. You do, you'll, you, 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 you lay hands on some, t- it happens every so often. You'll lay hands on people and they're, and next thing, once in a while, you'll run into this one person. You want to lay hands on them. You're getting ready. And next thing you know, before, before you lay hands on them, they want to tell you how they got to where they're at. But here's the thing. How you got to where you're at isn't going to keep you from walking out where God wants you to be. You can't keep rehearsing yesterday's pain. Yeah. You can't keep re- rehearsing yesterday's loss. Come on. Come on. You can't keep rehearsing your defeat and walk in victory. Yeah. Yeah. When people practice, they practice with a mindset of victory. Yeah. That's what they do in the NBA. What are they practicing? Why do they show up to practice? Because they're rehearsing yeah. what they want to do for victory. Why do we come to church? So we can practice what God wants us to do through the rest of the week. In our lives. We're practicing to to enforce what's already ours, which is that victory. That's why we can stay sustained in a miracle flow. That's why we can stay sustained in in God's miracles and and healings and his deliverance and his, his prosperity for you and I. But until we open our eyes to the truth of how, the wor- how, how God operates, we won't get it until, unless we unplug from the world's way of thinking. Because if you think about it, you go to work. Listen to the way the worldly people who don't go to church talk. How's your week, man? And the way they joke about their money. Seems like I got more month than I got money. Man, you know, they, just, they, they talk hardship. They talk about their struggles they, and, and the lack. And, and here God is trying to, de- de- to deliver them out of that. And they've got their problems and their situations rehearsed so well. 
And yet God doesn't want you to keep rehearsing, keep talking about it. He, it's not that he doesn't care. He knows it. You've, once you bring something to the Lord, you got to just bring it out to him, get forgiveness on it, get repentance on it. If you have any involvement, and if, 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 if anybody's done anything to you, then you've got to forgive and let it go. So you and I have got a big, and that's a sacrificial living. Yeah. It's a sacrifice because your, fra- your flesh isn't going to like it sometimes. Right. Your flesh won't like it. Right. But you can't, you can't hold on to it because holding on to it makes you a double agent. Yeah. Makes you a double agent when you hold on to what that doesn't belong to you. Yeah. It's unwanted contraband. You go, if you go to the prison system and you work in a jail and you try to bring in a cell phone, it's considered contraband, right? You try to bring something that doesn't belong in the prison, it's contraband. You try to bring something that, into the kingdom that doesn't belong to the, into God's kingdom, it's contraband. Old ways of thinking, old ways of talking, old ways of responding, contraband. Even the military tries to get the people to talk differently. Think about it. They have cadences so where they're all saying the same thing. Yeah. Right, right. When they're marching, they're all marching and they're all saying the same thing. Yeah. They're all trained, trained to do the same thing the same way. Yeah. There's no room because your survival depends on it. Right. As a body of Christ, your survival in the kingdom of God, walking in its fullness, depends uh, yeah. on you changing the way you talk changing the way you think Come on. That's right. amen thank you jesus let's open our bibles to luke chapter 15 i'm thinking about closing <laughs> thinking about it I, I let me just take that back i'm not really thinking about it at all thinking about closing right now i'm thinking about you running your race i'm thinking about looking at a church that has testimonies we have had so many testimonies in this church why? Because people have decided to pick this word of faith up, pick this message up and say, I'm going to run with this message. I'm not going to stay the same anymore. I've, I've got too much on the line, too much on the table to continue living the way I've been living. I've got a mar- my marriage to keep safe. I've got, I've got, I've got a job. I, I've got jobs to secure. I've got things that need to get done. And my current way of living isn't helping me. Some people, they feel like they're getting, they, you can get by a little bit, can try to get by a little bit with the way they operate. But in the big grand scheme of things, there's only so far you can get, 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 you can get in life with just getting by. You, you get used to living with a just barely get by mentality. You live in a life of just barely get by mentality. All your, your bills will be living like you're just barely getting by. Like you have more month than you have money, right? So that's why we've got to unplug from those things. Yeah. And over here in, in, in Luke chapter 14, did you anybody get there? Uh, 15, I apologize. Luke 15. We see a story of two young men. Right? It's a, it's a portrayal of the world, of how the world thinks. Or sometimes people think within, within, when they're in the church. You got one that's committed, one that's there, but they're not really there. And here it is, you, you know, here it is, you says on verse 8, says, uh, verse 11. There was a certain man who had two sons. The younger of them said to the father, 
give me the portion of my goods that falls to me. So he divided. So the father divided the livelihood and gave it to the son. Right. And he journeyed far away. He got away from his father. He got away from the things of God. He got away from his father's covering where there was an anointing on his life to live in abundance. Right. He got away from that. And they were, and then there he wasted with he wasted his 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 livelihood with prodigal living. The verse thirteen says, but in verse fourteen says, but when it, but when he had spent all, there arose a, ser- a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in what want. I'm going to tell you something, the economy goes up and goes down, but in this man's house there was still a blessing. In that father's house, there was still a blessing in that father's house. Those who are under the blessing of God, who are in fellowship with God, there is a blessing that runs through that house. There's a blessing. There's a blessing there. There's supply there. There's abundance there. Right? And in verse 15, and when he joined himself to a citizen of the, of the world, he sent him into his field to, to feed swine. He got himself a job. And in verse 16, he says, he would gladly fill his stomach with pods and the swine ate and no one gave him anything. The world won't give you anything. The world doesn't give anything away. It doesn't. In fact, they, they sell their junks on Saturdays. They sell their trash and they call them garage sales. Most of it's a trash sale. They just getting rid of their trash that they should have thrown away. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good because you know it's true. And when they gladly filled his stomach, okay, verse 17, and when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to eat to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, I am, he already had this story. I am no longer to be worth being your son, Right? This kid knew he screwed up. He knew he blew it. And he says, I don't even deserve it. He says, I'm no longer, verse 19 says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired help. But here, funny thing is he rehearsed. He says, my, my, my dad's servants have enough bread. Yeah. Even my dad's servants have more than enough bread left over yes. to take care. Your father has more than enough to take care of you and to leave you with plenty to left over. That's the kind of God you serve. But you see, if, you, if the world would try to remove you under from the house of, of the way your father does things to get you to operate the way the world does things. See, but when you're under the house of the way the world does things, there's lack in that house. You're eating there with the swine, with the rest of the swine. And God wants to remove that swine way of feeding in your life. He wants you to come into his house. Come feed and eat my bread. Come drink of my drink and you will never thirst. Never thirst. And so he comes to his father. And he arose and came to his father, but but he was still a, a great way off. Here he is. His boy is walking down that little road. And he sees him. His father sees him. And what does he do? Father takes up and he runs up after his son and he embraces him. See, when your God sees you coming to him early in the morning, you, he doesn't push you away. He embraces you. 
He says, Thank, I, I love how, come fellowship with me. I want to talk to you. See, you got to be really careful because the devil, when those times when you have fellowship with the Lord, he will try to make you feel like you're by yourself. Oh, you're by yourself? You don't even feel the presence of God. I'm going to tell you something. You don't have to feel the presence of God to have the presence of God. If you're going by your feeling, you're going the way the world thinks. The world has to go by what it feels. The world has to go by what it thinks. That's not the life of faith. The life of faith says, I know he's present. Jesus said, he goes, when he spoke, Father, I know you hear me. When you speak, he hears you. Don't ever get the don't ever believe the lie that God does not hear you. That's right. It's, it, it is a hustle from the devil yep. to divide you, to get you double-minded, to get you to quit. And we remember what, what James says: a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So you've got to make up front. You have made your mind up that when I talk to God, he hears me. Because you need a miracle. You need your divine connection. Every day you need that divine connection. And that divine connection cannot begin to take place by living a divided life. Amen? Praise the Lord. I got a lot of scriptures here. I don't know I'm not getting all of it. But one thing I do know is this, that, that we need God's hand in our lives. Who here needs a miracle today? Who needs a miracle today? Who needs a miracle? I believe God needs, because you need a miracle, that you're going to get your miracle. We're going to lay hands on you this morning, and you're going to get your miracle. But we're here at a park in the front of the city. Did it matter back in the day when they saw Jesus in the middle of the city preaching? All they knew is they needed their miracle. All they knew is they needed their touch from the, from the Heavenly Father. They knew they needed God's best. We're going to lay hands on you, and you're going to receive God's best this morning. If you need a miracle, come on up here quickly. I'm going to lay hands on you to receive your miracle. You tell me what your miracle is. You can't just say, well, I don't know what it is. You need to know what you need a miracle for. Because a miracle can't just happen just by generalization. It happens by purpose with you, purposing on the inside of your heart that you need your miracle. And the ushers are going to help you. We're going to line you up. And we're going to lay hands on you for your miracle. I'm so glad you all came here this morning. Bold to say, I need a miracle. Say, I thank you, Father. Say it out loud. Thank you, Father. I need a miracle. I'm going to get my miracle. Woo, hallelujah. Because we need it. You need your miracle. You're no less important than anybody who's been in church five years. Did you know that? You're no more, you're, you are no less important. In fact, you are very important, but it's up to you, right, to receive your miracle. It's up to us to receive our miracle. We make the change on the inside. Say, Father, I'm connecting with you. Let's just pray this right now before, because we don't just want, we want to be able to keep our miracles. So let's just pray this. Together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the miracle that's about to take place. I receive that miracle right now on the inside of my heart. 
Satan, take your hand off my miracle. Take your hands off my mind. Now speak to your spirit man. Spirit man, rise up. Connect to Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's the answer to my miracle. I have my miracle. And I am free. I'm not double-minded. I'm single-minded to the things of God. Amen. And I'm going to turn off my mic. I'm going to pray for you individually. You're going to tell me what you're believing for. And we're just going to come in agreement that you have your miracle. Amen. Amen. You deserve the glory.